Well, nearly five years ago, my son-in-law, our daughter, answered a call of God to go to Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya, and plant a C3 church. From the ground up, they built that church to something which is today a most amazing church. They're meeting in a tent. The church is growing even as we speak. Because of your love and your support, they've been able to be there for nearly four years on the ground full time. And we thank God for that. Jamie and Garth had a little baby just recently, little Elsie. She's only one month now. We're one month. And they've come home to have her and to give her needles and be here for that time. And they'll fill you in later on how they're going to go back and what's going to happen in those days. But how blessed are we to have what I would consider to be one of the greatest teachers that I have heard in my lifetime, Pastor Garth Ball, share with us at this most amazing time and to bring teaching to our hearts. How do we work through these things that are happening in our lives and our nation? How do we be real about it? As Pastor Phil said, not just put a Band-Aid over it, not just put a wardrobe over the hole in the wall, but how do we, as a family, how do we walk through the things that we're walking through and seeing in our nation and our own hearts? And I have a great privilege to introduce to you those who do not know him and those who do know him to welcome Pastor Garth Ball to share with us this morning. Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, every time I'm confused as to where this wonderful teacher is, but anyway, here I am for you today. Wonderful to see. Thank you so much, team. Rachel, you were so in your zone outside of that keyboard. That was amazing. And uh, I tell you, I said to Evan, I, as always, I, I said to Evan when I was with I said, there is, you'll be doing a very good job to find a church with better worship than C3 Tagra. You just, you probably won't. I'm just going to be honest. You probably won't. But uh, really excited. Thank you so much, Pastor Phil and Julie, for another opportunity to share uh, in your pulpit. And uh, today, I'm really excited about this. And I really do believe that many people are going to have an impartation of hope and find something that you need to walk into freedom, into some areas in your life. Uh, it is, this was what I would call one, a life message for me. Uh, it's something that is that I've walked through my whole life, journeying into to find the revelations that God has shown me out of His Word for this. Uh, it's something that I feel like I'll probably continue to walk through in the rest of my life, and I would say it's one of two key messages that I'd love to share to any congregation that I travel to around the world. Um, but I haven't preached for a few months, and I have a six-week-old baby, so I don't know what's going to come out, really, at the end of the day. Um, but I will absolutely do my best uh, as we journey into this. But uh, I want to pray in a second, but firstly, I want to share with you one of the great promises of Jesus in the Scriptures. Is that all right? Are you ready? There's some good ones, isn't there, in the Bible, if any of you have read the Bible. Uh, Some great promises of God. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I love this one. Uh, John 16.33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here is the promise I want to talk about. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. That's the promise I was talking about. (laughs) You will have many trials and sorrows. Thank you, Jesus. What about all those positive ones, the good ones? In this world, you will have fires. In this world, you will have narcissistic bosses. Uh, In this world, you will have golf shots that don't go according to plan. (laughs) Pastor Phil doesn't have that, just Warren and I, we have that. Uh, there are things that happen in our lives and depending on so many factors determines how we respond to those challenges. Uh, Sometimes we handle some of the greatest challenges with confidence and faith and courage and we feel like we can take on anything. I don't know if there's anyone here like that this morning. Other times we feel overwhelmed and just a good, healthy, human level of 
uh, worry and concern about the things in our world. And, you know, we lose some sleep at night, we uh, have a few thoughts in our head, and, and it's a bit difficult to get through. Other times, like we've heard so transparently and wonderfully already from Candace, we enter into seasons where actually we experience clinically diagnosed mental health disorders that make functioning in life, uh, getting up in the morning, really, really difficult. And uh, sometimes, if you're like me, all of that within 24 hours. And so, just a note on, on that. So, I want to talk, particularly if you're here today and you have any range of uh, mental health disorder that is clinically diagnosed, I'm not talking about when we say, I have anxiety uh, in the sense of um, my coffee was bad in the morning and it caused me a bit of grief. Like the barista, the bad barista was on in the morning, not the good one, and, and it made me anxious. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more about, uh, for, for those of you here who have some clinically diagnosed stuff that makes your mental health challenged. And, uh, but even if you're just here with a mild approach to life right now, where you're feeling, feeling a little overwhelmed, I believe that's going to help you. But it's really important to note that the, that the significant stuff that uh, is diagnosed, that it is a big deal. And I'm glad to have walked through it because I was probably that person who would have told the anxious person just to stop worrying. I was the person who would have told the depressed person to just be happy. But how do I say this? Uh, have you ever tried to tell an angry pregnant woman to calm down? <laughs> it's, it's, they're on similar levels, those things. All of those attempts are on par. And, um, and so, so I'm, you know, I think we need to, particularly with the state that this nation is in, with these sort of mental health issues, we need to be really gracious and really soft towards people and uh, not judge what you haven't walked through. Uh, and so that we can create a space where people can find wholeness and healing. And this has been my experience. I've wrestled with OCD and anxiety. OCD, not just like I want things clean and uh, ordered and all of that, but again, a diagnosed uh, OCD, which I actually didn't even realize until the past two years I had. And so this is coming out of uh, two of the hardest years of my life, without any shadow of a doubt. I think we should have a burial for 2019. Uh, and we should chuck 2018 in that same coffin and let it go with it. Uh, hoping 2020 may shed a bit more light uh, than the past two years. But I think I reached my all-time low, uh, I don't know, maybe nine months ago where I was in church. I was struggling with anxiety in a big way. Uh, I mustered every bit of strength that I had to get up that morning because I was going to be preaching in church and uh, I remember standing on the front row of my church, like not H, my church, I was the senior, I'm the senior pastor, and, uh, and our young pastor who's looking after things while we're away now, he got up, he's such an incredible young man of God, and he got up and he said, hey, I feel like someone here today, and you feel like you just can't go on, you feel like giving up, and I was like, is this an older call? I probably shouldn't put my hand up, but that's me here today. That's your pastor, everyone. And, uh, and so, you know, I've, I've walked through really, uh, and, and coming out of, which is why I'm happy to be sharing it this morning, uh, coming out of, but also wrestling with and still figuring it all out, uh, anxiety, I haven't experienced depression, um, but knowing what anxiety is, if you're walking through that, that is just sound, is a horrendous experience. I'm sorry for all the things that you have to go through, but... I've got some good news this morning, and, uh, and, and, and I want to share that with you. So can I also say on that note, thank you to everyone who has partnered with us, even though we haven't been very communicative um, from a distance. And even here, we've been relaxing the past four months. Some of you are going, are you going to do anything anytime soon? I was like, actually, I just need to chill out, get ready for this baby girl to come, and... Um, and so thank you, like, you know, often when people are overseas, there's a real pressure, got to send the updates, got to keep people interested so they keep giving, got to keep them updated. Honestly, I, I barely, as I mentioned to you before, sometimes I didn't have enough message to get up and preach in my church. I didn't have enough energy to get up and preach in my church. So the, the ability for you to partner with us and be really low maintenance supporters, 
has really, oh, no, I kid you not, has been, has helped, like if, I, if we had to have the financial pressures of trying to figure all that out on top of what we've walked through, it would have been really hard. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts for uh, standing with us, even though we haven't been very good um, at communicating about that. But here's the good news this morning, and this is a really good promise. I lied to you about the other one, it wasn't very good, but uh, this one is good. Psalm 23.3 says this, He restores my soul. Your soul, your emotions, your mind, I don't know how dark you are right now. I don't know how difficult things are right now for you. I don't know uh, if you feel like me nine months ago where you said, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can get up again. Here's a promise from God for you. He restores my soul. And it may be a long road ahead. It may not be difficult, but you have the ability in God to find the strength, to find the resilience that you need to bounce back like a palm tree, that picture of resilience of a palm tree just bending in the wind but not breaking, God has in his repertoire and in his resources the strength, the peace, and the joy that you need to function in a healthy way to stand the trials of life and to walk victoriously and in a place not aside from problems but in the midst of them. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel in Christ that we have peace and joy, not because it's circumstantial, but in the middle of the craziest circumstances, there are these things that are realities for us. And so I'm praying today that something of what I'm going to say to you is going to help bring freedom to you, hope to you. Uh, Because I told you, sometimes I was thinking in the past two years, am I going to come, come out of this? Like you said, am I going to make it out of this? I don't know if I'm going to make it. But I am, I have, I will, will continue to, and because I know that it is possible if you learn to get up one more time than you get knocked down. So I'm going to pray for you. And if you are believing that something of what I've shared with you today, if you don't, if you're, everything's great for you, I would still listen because you'll probably need it in a, another season of your life. Uh, put it in the pantry and bring it out later. But I'm going to pray for you. Would you close your eyes here today? And if you feel like you need something, even before it's preached, would you just lift your hands even out before you in your chair and say, Lord, I'm going to pray for you. Lord, would you speak to us today? Lord, would you bring a deposit of your truth in your word that helps us to walk in a place where our soul prospers? Like like it says in 3 John 2, I pray that it may go well with you even as your soul prospers. And Lord, I pray that people in these chairs here this morning would be people represented by a prosperous soul. Mind, emotions, thought life, uh, feelings, all of these things that are in line with God, that are above problems. And Lord, we pray that an impartation would come into our lives this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So God restores your soul. And before I get to my three points, which are rather quick, so give me 90 minutes and I'll be done. What are you laughing at? Um, here's a few thoughts if you want to see change in your life. First thing is you're going to need is humility. If you think that you can handle it on your own, God will ne- not get involved in your circumstances. I tell you, I, the, the people that get destroyed by challenges going on in their mental health that I've noticed are the ones that go, if I just keep doing the same thing, if I just keep strong, if I don't admit that I need help, maybe some, somehow I'll get through it. It doesn't work that way. It's not easy for me when I realized recently that I actually had experienced OCD for my whole life. I just didn't have the words for it. Uh, It wasn't easy to come to terms and say, that is my experience. And I don't own it. I don't walk in it. I don't wallow in it. But it helps to be self-aware just to say, this is the current state of play. And I might need a hand up to get out of this. So firstly, you need a hand up from God. But secondly, you may need a hand up from other people as well. You're going to need some courage, some courage to actually, like I said before, get up one more time than you get knocked down. When I was at my lowest, I I just had this thought, everyone I've noticed that walks out of these things gets up one more time than they get knocked down. And that takes courage to actually face these things, to face the stuff that causes grief on the inside of you, things that have happened to you, circumstances that are going in your world. It's not easy to face these things. That's why people just say, I'll push it aside and ignore it. But that doesn't get rid of 
the root issue of our problems. We have to have the courage to face it. And like Candace so beautifully said, you need commitment because this doesn't happen overnight. Um, I, I love prayer ministry and, it, and it's wonderful, but it's not like you're going to get some prayer ministry and then, you, and then you, you're going to be perfect instantaneously. When the Israelites left Egypt, God said, I will drive out your enemies little by little until you take over the land. So you inheriting the land of your mind, the land of your emotions is not going to be one battle and you're done. It's going to be a continual journey of little by little and you have to be in it for the long game. Um, And so today, really, you know, this is about a six-part series, but because this sort of thing and walking into wellness and wholeness that God has for us has to happen in every every area of our life. It is spiritual. Uh, It does... It does have um, impact for our relational world, our vocational world, our physical world, how you look after your body, what you put in your body, what you do with your body. All of this affects your mental wellness and emotional wellness uh, just as much as what I'm talking about today. But today, I want to talk, I've only got time for one thing that I feel like is going to help you, and I want to talk about renewing your mind this morning. I want to talk about what you allow in your thinking because I believe that your thought life has more ability to transform your life than nearly any single thing, every, any area of your life. Romans 12.2 says this, uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Isn't it phenomenal that you can be changed into a new person by changing the way you think? And this is a phenomenally advanced scripture for its time. Recently, Uh, scientists have discovered something called neuroplasticity. Do I sound really smart? I don't know what it is exactly, but uh, no, (laughs) spell it, no. Neuroplasticity, which is this, that your brain physically changes shape according to how you use it. So you may have something happening with your brain right now that is causing anxiety to trigger, depression to trigger, obsessive thoughts to trigger, but it's, and, it, and it's not that you need to wait until your brain changes so you think differently. Actually, the way you think and the way you use it changes the physical, not metaphorical, the physical structure of your brain. Isn't that fascinating? And so for me, I, th- I think of it like this. Our brain and our mind is like the gateway between our circumstances and then our attitudes and behaviors in our life. So... Think about this. We perceive things with our senses. We perceive circumstances, right? Problems are going on. Uh, dangers are going on. And, and we perceive them with our eyes, with our ears, with our senses, uh, whatever it might be. And somehow it, it, it caught, these circumstances cause emotions to be felt in our heart. So we see a circumstance and we feel fear. We see a circumstance and it gets in our heart as panic or it gets into our heart as worry. But actually there's a gateway that we don't realize that determines how that circumstance ends up in our heart and that is your thinking. How we interpret circumstances when we, when we change the way we're thinking, when we are concerned and we think things like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen there? Oh, what if that happens? Oh my gosh, that's a bad scenario. When we allow the negative thinking in, it brings negative emotions into our heart, which produces negative behaviors. But if we can learn to think the right things and line our thinking up with God's word, it brings things like victory, like faith, like trust, like confidence, like boldness into our hearts, which then causes us to behave and approach life in a positive way. So your thinking is like a gateway that determines everything else in your heart, your attitudes, your behaviors, and how you approach life. That is pretty powerful, isn't it? So today, um, we're talking about chattering monkeys. The chattering monkeys, the thoughts in your head that just play on repeat like a really annoying radio day after day. I'm not going to mention the guy across the road who plays his radio outside his house Uh, all day, every day. It's like the thoughts in our head that just 
come time and again, time and again. And so it's easy enough to say, let's change the way you think, but I've learned that it's no joke. It's not easy because of these repetitive thoughts that come into our minds. So I'm going to give you three points today that I believe are a practical guideline to how to renew your mind. First one, and they're pretty quick, so uh, we won't be too long. The first one is this, recognize, think about what you're thinking about. That's a phrase from Joyce Meyer, who's got a wonderful book on this topic that I highly recommend you read. The first thing you need to do with your thoughts is you need to recognize what you are thinking about. I don't know if any of you have taken an inventory of what goes in to your thought life on a daily basis. Uh, when I was at the peak of my health, I had this, uh, what was it called, like calorie counter, my fitness pal. I don't know if anyone uses that. And I would take an inventory of what I put in my body. And until I realized how much sugar was in a particular thing, I was like, yeah, I'll eat that. But all of a sudden, this is now telling me there's 40 grams of sugar in this juice. And I determined that's not worth putting into my body. And so we take inventory. Hopefully you've got a budget in your life for finances, but do we have the same level of awareness about what goes into our thought life? Um, Sometimes the habits we develop in our thinking become automatic because we've been thinking the same things for not just hours, not just days, not just months, not just years, but sometimes decades You've been thinking a particular way, and now it just becomes reality for you. And so our task, I remember when I sat down with uh, a mentor a number of years ago, 15 years ago, before I experienced breakthrough in any of this, and he just mentioned off, off a, on a side note, oh yeah, there's a bit of fear in your life, but we can deal with that. And I was like, what do you mean? I have no, I, I'm not a fearful person. I didn't actually know that it could, life could be any different because my thoughts were just normal and, and I'd learned to cope with them, but there is a better way. Um, the first step to victory is noticing your thought patterns. What, what are some of the thought patterns that might cause you grief? Fear. Uh, that's the one that I love to talk about. Fear, fearful thoughts, often starting with the words, what if? I don't know how many much of my thought life in the past 10 years has been filled with thoughts of the worst case scenario. I can easily picture planes crashing, viruses being caught, finances drying up, you name it. I can, I can, I can picture the worst case scenario way easier than I can fi- picture the best case scenario. Fearful thinking, what if, what if, what if. Um, rejection. Some of us just have thoughts of rejection all day long, every day. That person doesn't like me oh, they don't like me, oh, they probably are going to reject me too. All of these things that you don't actually realize are the script and the radio going on in the back of your mind. Lust. Uh, Some of you have such a pattern of lust and looking and thinking and desiring and coveting that it's just on autopilot. It's not something you try to do anymore. It's just something that happens. Anger. How many of you live your life driving in a car, getting angry at the person that cut you off. You're angry at your wife. You're angry at your, your whatever. You're angry, you're angry, you're angry. Body image. People that can repetitively look in the mirror and say, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that. And it's absolutely not true, but it's a lie. It's a thought habit uh, pattern that gets in our heads. So deception, bitterness, busyness, speculations, whatever it is, there are chattering monkeys in our lives that just go over and over on repeat. And the first step towards ridding them, those monkeys, it's like the literal monkeys in where we live, uh, that our friend uh, left his window open, lives near the national park, and he has fruit bowl. Uh, Those monkeys get in there, eat all the bananas, eat all the apples. And, uh, And that's what it's doing in here. These monkeys are just eating on negativity. And the first thing that you need to do to clear those monkeys out from your head is to recognize them. Now, because I'm building a habit, I can get to maybe, um, you know, you have just thought negative, fearful thoughts for the last 45 minutes. But as I'm thinking of them, I didn't even realize I'm thinking about them. Does that make sense? So it's a matter, but, but back in the day, I could go 
years without actually recognizing that my thought life was unhealthy. So the first thing we need to do is actually figure out, and we can, and we'll show you, and we line our thoughts up with the Word of God to determine whether it's right or wrong. But the first thing we need to do is recognize what is going into your brain. What are you allowing your brain to spend time thinking about? Once we do that, secondly, we recognize them. Secondly, we reject thoughts that are not godly. And uh, subheading for this little point, don't believe everything you think. Your thoughts are not reality. They are an interpretation of reality. So you don't have to actually believe your thinking all the time. When you picture that worst case scenario, you don't need to believe it. Um, and, you know, I've been, which I'll talk about as well, but I've been doing now um, a meditation app every morning. And sorry if you're super spiritual here and don't appreciate that. But, um, but I think there's good things about different worldviews. So, so when your flight fight system is on hypersensitivity, you need to trigger your relaxation response. And one of the best ways, best known ways of doing that is breathing. And God gives us breath. And uh, so I don't think it's wrong to actually use our breathing to trigger relaxation into your life. And they've got some great thoughts, like not freaking out at the thoughts that you're having. Um, but, but I think it misses, the Bible goes the whole distance to where that sort of thing falls short. Because the Bible says this, that we actually can't just allow thoughts to come. We can. We don't need to worry about it. Because here's the thing. When we're anxious, we spend all our energy trying to fight negative thoughts. And, and oh my gosh, why did I have that thought? And oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. So they're saying, just allow the thoughts to come like clouds and let them keep going. That's true to a degree. But some thoughts are a little bit more persistent. And we actually need to reject them quite viciously and quite intentionally from our mind. Uh, 2 Corinthians, let me explain this. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, that's pretty powerful language, isn't it? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to to make it obedient to Christ. Isn't that phenomenal that we actually take these thoughts captive? You see, when you have been, what, what is a stronghold? Pretty much a stronghold is a habit in your thinking that now is energized by even some demonic forces. When you think in a particular way for a certain time, you know, so many examples of being in autopilot. You know, when you used to, you change houses and you drive home to a house and you're so used to driving home to that house, but you've moved over here, but you end up at this house, even though you now live here because you've done it for so long, your body just does it. When you think a certain way for so long and you're on autopilot, it creates strongholds in your thinking and you can try without too much intention to get rid of it, but you're going to end up going in a particular way. So that's a stronghold in our thinking. And we actually need to tear down and reject and recognize things and unhealthy patterns in our thought and actually reject them and tear them down and get rid of them from our, from our life. So now when I think of fearful thought, when I think, what if, what if, what if that happens? What if that happens? What if that happens? No longer do I linger in that for the next 48 hours. I simply speak out and I say, I recognize that as fear. Fear is not of God. And I reject that thought in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? So it's not allowing, I'm not freaked out about it. I'm not jumping up and down and carrying on, but it's just a simple, I recognize that thought for what it is. When, when I used to um, really battle with insecurities, and uh, I remember when these guys put me in charge of connect groups, and I thought, that, yeah, that'll be fun, but then I realized I'm going to have to talk to people after church if I run connect groups, and I don't really like talking to people after church because people scare me. I would have this innate thing where I would think, this new person is not going to like me, so I don't want to go and talk to them. And then I was like, because I, I was so built on rejection, I was just assuming that every new person I met was going to reject me. 
So I had to start calling that for what it was. I would say, Garth, this person hasn't even met you yet. So if they don't like you, it's not based on anything about you. It's probably more to do with their insecurities and their pain than it is about you. So just go up and say hi to them and love them. So, and I say, so I, re- I recognize that as rejection. I recognize that as fear. I re- recognize that as worry. And in Jesus' name, that is not of God. And so we have the ability to reject and to tear down thoughts in our lives in Jesus' name. So this is very practical. The last one uh, is this, and this is probably the most important one. So we've recognized our thinking. Uh, we've rejected thoughts that are not of God. But my biggest challenge in all of this is, well, now what do I think about? Now what do I think about? Literally, okay, I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about that. There's only a certain amount of time that you can go like that. Like if I say to you, don't think about McDonald's. Don't think about the golden arches, the big yellow M. Don't think about that. I'm pretty sure you're thinking about that right now. If I say to you, don't think about a juicy, red, pink, delish, uh, pink lady apple. Juicy, crispy, pink. Don't think about that. Just forget it out of your, your mind. You will think about that. So it's not just enough to say, I am not going to think about something. You've got to re- we, don't, we don't break old habits. We replace them with new ones. So we've got to now figure out, well, if I'm not going to th- spend my time and my energy thinking about all this trashy, negative, destructive stuff, what am I going to fill my thought life with? And so that gets us to our third point. You need to replace your thinking And uh, the Bible says we need to fix your thoughts and set our minds. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Think about about things uh, that are true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So if, if, if what you're thinking about doesn't fit that description, then that's not God's will for your life. It is not God's will for your life to be filling your mind with things that do not fit this description. It says, fix your thoughts on that which is this and that. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Those who's, uh, 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 who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed. That's a very, you can fix your thoughts by fixing your thoughts on God. So we need to fix our thoughts, but then it also talks about setting our mind. You know when you set your mind on something, it's like this, you know, tractor beam thing that it's like, that's what I'm thinking about. A few scriptures around that. Colossians says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things on earth. So think about things that are of godly realities, that are of kingdom realities, not the stuff that we worry about in our life. Romans 8, 5 to 6, which is a powerful verse, says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carn- and, and this is, listen to this, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if you can learn to be spiritually minded, what is the fruit of that? Life and peace. No longer are you going to be living in this place of battling on the inside of you, but you can walk in that. So you can learn to fix your thoughts on God so you can fix your thoughts once and for all. Um, And we can have the team right now. Here's some really practical things about what you can think about. Uh, Here we go. You can think about the best case scenario or the most likely scenario, not the worst case scenario. Let me say it again. You can, you can think about the best case scenario, the most likely scenario, not the worst case scenario. So when I'm on, on a plane these days, and it's still, no matter how many times I fly, I'm still tempted towards thinking that that noise that I haven't heard before is actually an engine falling out, and we're soon going to be falling to the ground. But now I don't linger in that because when I've lingered in that in the past, I'm shaking, my palms are sweaty. Jamie always does the palm test uh, when she's sitting next to me to see how I'm traveling with that. And, and she, she'll go, okay, you're all right, or what's going on? Now I think about, there's like 990,000, I think, flights a day. And uh, Nelly, all of them, um, 
in the past five years have made it. Good proportion of them have made it. So I think the most likely scenario is I will land. Uh, And I fix my thoughts on that. That might sound silly, but it actually is a great example of how we can think about things in our everyday life. Think about things that get reasonable, get educated. My friends used to work for an airline. And so she said, when we travel with them, she's like, hear that noise? I'm like, yeah, that's the fuel pump. It's good, it's working. Uh, She said, uh, do you know no one has ever, no plane has ever crashed because of turbulence? Did you know that? Turbulence can't make a plane crash. It can send you 50 metres down and give you a neck injury, but it hasn't killed anyone. So, so even if it's a bit bumpy, I'm probably, the most likely thing is that I'm good. And then I think this, even if the worst case scenario happened and I went down on the Abu Dhabi to Sydney flight, I would be part of the first ever A380 crash, commercial crash in history. I would go, literally go down in history. And uh, so what a moment. What a moment, what a way to go. What a way to go anyway. Um, This is the language I I fill my mind with now. Not what if, but even if. Because what if is the language of fear, even if is the language of faith. Even if this happens, we have an eternal hope. Because once you can take the worst case scenario out of your equation, the devil's got no power. When you can surrender your very life into the hands of God, what more can the devil steal from you? Because one day, I'm going to work, walk into whatever gates they are, if they're pearly or gold, I don't know, I'm not an end time specialist, but I'm going to walk into that and meet Jesus forever. And I'm going to be free from pain, free from harm. So I surrender my life into his hands, even if, even if. Get a God vision for your life. Get a God vision for your life. When I'm thinking of dreaming of planting churches, I've got no time to think about negative things. When I think about doing something for great for God on the earth, when I start thinking about how am I going to use my life, I'm only here for another 40 years, 50, maybe six, I don't know, I don't know how long. I don't have long. I'm going to do something great for God on the earth. What could I do? What could I start? What could I plant? What could I do at church? Who could I reach? When I'm filling my thinking with things like that, there's no space for negativity. I'm filling my, my mind with God stuff. Scriptures. Meditate on scriptures. When I read the scripture, my mind's healthy. When I don't read the scripture, my mind's not. It's our only offensive weapon. So I can't tell you the amount of days I've spent uh, reading out this six-page document on my computer about peace, about fear, about anxiety, about trust. And those scriptures I've read before, you will keep in perfect peace. Those who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Uh, you know, do not fear for I am with you. All of these things just over and over when your mind is just, and, and I tell you what, when you first start reading them, your carnal mind says, I've read this scripture every day for the past month. I wonder what good it can do. But when you push through that threshold and you keep reading, all of a sudden, it's like a sword going out and cutting down negative mindsets off your life. And we have to get the Scriptures out. When you're declaring Scripture, when you're chewing on Scripture, when you're meditating on Scripture, you can't worry about the the negative side of things. When you read Scriptures about David slaying Goliath, and when you read about the psalmist saying, but God, you are this, you are that, all of a sudden this discouragement, the downcast, all of that stuff flees and faith arises on the inside of you. So get the Scriptures out. Don't wake up first thing in the morning to social media and emails. Really, really important. Really important. Don't fill your mind first thing with things that are going to trigger your anxiety response. Wake up with the things that are going to trigger relaxation and faith. That's why I've made it, I've written it down on my thing. Sometimes, particularly uh, my wife, you know, (laughs) nursing our, our baby, it's like, well, sometimes it's the only way I can open my eyes to actually look at an Instagram post. Well, just find another way. Because uh, I, first thing I do, I wake up, breathing app. Second thing I do, prayer. And, and no, prayer is obviously more important, but I've just found that that works for me. I don't do anything in my day before I do those things. So start your day well. Fill your mind at the very beginning of the day with things that are helpful. Look at things that are beautiful. Do you know um, I became a birder in Kenya? You know, like a bird, someone who does bird watching? I bird watch. I'm a prof- semi-professional. 
bird watcher. Some days I would sit out my window and there's this beautiful, there's so, Africa has so many nice birds. There's this one that visits all the time called a variable sunbird. And it, uh, it's iridescent blue and green, yellow underneath. It's tiny, it shines. Sometimes I would just look at that and I'd go, man, Lord, how beautiful is that? Fill your mind with things that are beautiful. When I'm looking at that, I can't be unhappy when I'm looking at a variable sunbird. Uh, how could you be unhappy when you're looking at a variable sunburst? So I'm filling my mind with things. This is a really important one. We've only got three to go. Schedule time to solve problems. Schedule time to solve problems. Worry is a poor form of problem solving. It's our default to try and solve problems and it will never solve them. I had this lingering issue. I, if I, I had the time to tell you all the issues we're fought in Kenya. We had this lingering one, and it was a meeting we were going to have in three weeks, uh, all sorts of things involved. And I thought, if I don't schedule time to figure out how I'm going to solve this, this is going to chew my mind up 24 hours a day for the next 21 days, and it's going to lead me into a dark place. So I said, on Monday at 10 a.m., that's when I'm going to think about that problem. That's when I'm thinking about that problem. Not not 11 p.m. Saturday night because that's going to keep me up all night and I'm not going to solve anything in that time anyway. So I put time aside where I go, that's where I'm going to solve problems. And all of a sudden, now that problem that's so big in your head, it's out of your head, it's in your schedule and you'll get to it, but you're going to get to it with wisdom and with intentionality, not with reckless, um, just untamed thinking that's not going to lead you anyway. So put time in your schedule to do that. Um, make declarations over your life with your voice that are positive. So every day in the shower, I'll say something like this now. Lord, yesterday was not a great day in my thinking, but today is going to be better. Or Lord, yesterday was a pretty good day in my thinking, but today is going to be even better than that. Uh, or Lord, yesterday was really, really bad. I thought about negative things all day long, but today I'm going to make a change to that again. And that's how you bit by bit declare, speak positivity. You say things like, I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. I have what it takes today. God is my strength today. He is my perfect peace today. All of these things. And all of a sudden, you're creating an atmosphere around your world that fills your mind with wonderful things. And lastly, think about the things that God has done for you in the past. So uh, we recently you know, lost a fair bit of our income uh, or it's approaching. And my, you know, you know, what, what's the tendency when you lose income, Candace? Oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? How, what if that happens? What if that happens? All I've, it has not been a stress for me because this is my story. I've seen God provide time after time after time after time. So I don't, use my imagination for what might happen in the future, I use my recollection of what has happened in the past, and I say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it this time, but I'm, I've got the popcorn out, and I can't wait to see it, because I know this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. The psalmist always says things like, I was this, I was downcast, my throat was parched from crying, my tears were my eyes were flooded with tears until I remembered what the Lord had done. I, I remember that he's done that. I remember that he's done that. I remember that he's done that. Then all of a sudden, you know, it goes on to say then, you know, how, the, how it changed your heart. We can remember the things of God to trigger our thinking into ways. So people, if you can use your the gateway to your life, your thinking, if you can interpret life's events with the Word of God and you use a big funneling system, a big filtering system in here to determine, yep, I'll let that one through to my heart. Nope, not letting that one through to my heart. And you become intentional about what you spend your time thinking about. You may not notice a change tomorrow, but I guarantee if you do this day in, day out, relentlessly, courageously, without being discouraged and giving up, I tell you what, you will be changed into a new person by changing the way you think. There is no two ways about it. This has the power to change your life. So we can stand up. I want to pray for you. I'm just going to read a few things over you as we finish. 
Psalm 19, verse 14. Some great scriptures of hope here. So may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my Protector God. Beautiful. John 14, 27. Jesus speaking. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. That's a word for someone here today. Do not let fear into your hearts. Be courageous. K, be courageous. Be strong and courageous few other quotes. Do not anticipate, this is a quote, not scripture. Do not anticipate trouble or worry about what may never happen. Keep in the sunlight. Keep in the sunlight. Uh, Someone said, my life has been full of terrible misfortunes, most of which have never happened. Most of which have never happened. Let's keep our thinking in the sunlight, people. And I tell you what, you'll see everything about you internally, externally, and your circumstances will follow. But come what may, you're a palm tree bouncing back and forth. Let me pray for you as we as we finish here. Firstly, if we just bring that down, just down just a little bit, with every eye closed, you may be here today and you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And let me tell you that it is impossible to renew your mind and to change your thinking by your strength alone. You need the power of the Holy Spirit and God to change you into a new person. And He does that when you call on Him and you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you walk the earth, that you died on a cross and rose again. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you today and every day of my life. When you say that, all of a sudden, Jesus comes into your world and all the old stuff and all the old entanglement and all the old thought patterns, all the power available to you in Him become given to you so that you can think differently. And so if you're here today and you have not asked Jesus into your life, you have never said, Jesus, I want to be your child, make me a Christian. I want to give you a chance right now to pray with me. I'm not going to ask you out the front. I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to give you a 30-second prayer to say yes to Him today, that you can walk out of here today knowing that you're right with God, knowing that His smile is on your face, knowing that your sins are forgiven and your slate is clean, and that you have a new day in front of you to experience wholeness in every area of your life. And so if that's you with area, is there anyone here today that needs to be included in that. Once you lift your hand, just put it back down again so I know uh, that's you. But please, I'm going to give you just, yeah, thank you so much. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? I know your heart's beating. You might be a little bit scared. You might be a little bit nervous, but this is between you and God. No one else is seeing your hand except the Lord and I. I just want to know who I'm praying with. So if that's you, be bold, be confident, be courageous. Just lift your hand up just quickly. And once I see it, put it back down and we're going to pray all together. Just saying, Lord, I'm a new creation, that this is a new day, that you can walk out of here knowing that your Father in heaven is smiling on you and your love, His love is connected to you. Is there anyone else here? I've seen, I've seen some hands, but is there anyone who hasn't done that? We don't have long here. We, we, in fact, we're done. You've got the last five seconds right now. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. To be the beginning of a journey for you, a spiritual journey for you, or a journey with God in Jesus' name. Is there okay? Thank you. Look, let's pray this together. And if that's you that lifted your hand, or you're a bit scared to, but you want to pray this anyway, let's repeat all after me. Dear, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to me today. I believe in your Son Jesus. I believe He walked the earth. I believe He died on a cross and that He rose again for me. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart all the days of my life. Help me experience wholeness. Change the way I think and experience the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, come on, let's give those people a huge hand. But in the last two minutes, I want to pray for anyone to whom that message may have brought a glimmer of hope, maybe uh, shifted something in your thinking. Maybe you realised, my thinking has been stinking. And I need to make a commitment today to change that. And I'm going to, and it may be, you may be on any sort of scale here. You may be just like, yeah, I've got a few areas where I need to tighten things up. Or it may be that my mind is in such a mess, I need a significant overhaul. Either way, I want to offer a prayer to you that the power of God is going to bring something to you in this moment that you can walk out of here with a new ability, with a new awareness and a new power to think the thoughts that God has for you. So again, if we can close our eyes and if that's you, would you just lift your hands to God here today? I'm going to pray right now for each one. Thank you, Lord, for every hand that's lifted and every heart that is responding to you in this moment. Everyone who says, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to experience more peace. Lord, I want to experience more joy. Lord, I want to think better things. I want to have more control over the thoughts that I allow into my mind. And uh, Lord, I pray right now for every situation represented here, every challenge, every condition, every mindset, every unique scenario, Lord, right now, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit to wash over every heart, God, I pray that you would make us aware of our thinking. Help us recognize what we're putting into our mind. Help us recognize the destructive patterns in our thinking, Lord. Lord, give us the power to reject that which is not of you. Give us the the ability to reject those thoughts that uh, that so easily entangle our hearts and our minds and our emotions. And Lord, I pray that your word would feel our thinking that every conscious moment of our life, Lord, every time we're aware of it, every time you make us aware of it, Lord, that you would help us think thoughts that are right and pure, lovely and admirable, true and honourable, excellent and worthy of praise. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.